themselves about us or in us. Um, I may be totally misinterpreting this passage in, in Proverbs 16, uh, Proverbs 6, sorry, that we've been using as a springboard, verses 16 to 19. I may be in, misinterpreting this, but here's what I hear him saying. I don't hear him saying, I hate that. Or I don't hear him saying, like I said in, in week one, I hate that. Hope that works out for you. I hear him saying, I hate that. And I hate that. And that. And that. Because as we read this passage, these are things that, that, well, let's just look at this passage together. Proverbs 6, uh, verses 16 to 19 says this. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are, watch this word, detestable to him. Haughty eyes and a lying tongue, we looked at those in week one. Hands that shed innocent blood and a heart that devises wicked schemes. We looked at that last week. Feet that are quick to rush into evil a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Those are things that God hates. In a, you see in the theme here, hand, uh, eyes, a tongue, a heart, hands, feet. See in the theme occur, what he's saying is, I love you. But when this and this and these and these become things that don't bring glory to me, I hate those things. I hate what you allow yourself to become to miss me and miss the things I have for you. A uh, couple of things I want us to see here uh, from first dirty feet and then fake news. If you want to turn to Psalm 40, that's going to be our reference here. First of all, Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3. Speak this idea of, of feet that are quick to rush into evil, and I, I'm just calling it dirty feet this morning. I'm, I'm a, I'm a simple-minded man, so... Uh, Dirty feet, first of all, let's look at this text in, in Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Two things I want us to glean from this text that we could probably glean 12 from if we had time this morning. But two things I want us to see. First of all, dirty feet need a relocation. Dirty feet need a relocation. Look at the first part of verse 2. He lifted me out of the, sli the slimy pit. When I was building my house uh, 15 or so years ago, I hired a couple of teenage kids from church to seal up my foundation walls. And I had them down there with pretty good-sized brushes, and a, a rubber tar-based foundation sealer. And they were had five-gallon buckets in there, dipping it. And I told them, I said, now, before you come, you, you need to wear old clothes because I'm going to have you down in the pit. I, I had not backfilled the, the dirt to the foundation so, that, so, so they could be accessed and sealed up. So you need to wear dirty clothes cause, and, and wear something you can throw away when you're through with, because you know whatever gets on is not coming out. I promise you that. Whatever gets on your skin is going to have to wear off. It's not going to wash off. So I, I, I had prepared them for that beforehand, but I, I, it was entertaining to watch them trying trying to get the thing, all the material on. on I kind of had to go by and check a few places that got a little thin on them. But anyway, they got through with the job, and they were black from head to toe. Both of them were just just black from head to toe. And, and a week later, they're still black from head to toe. And I, I thought about that this past week as I, as I thought about this slimy pit that he's talking about here in verse 2. When he lifts us out of the slime, it, 
that slime just kind of sticks on you that he's talking about in, in this verse. And oftentimes it's got to wear off. It can't be washed off clean with, with soap and water. It has to wear off and has to, our testimony and our, and our example and our lifestyle has to change to bear witness to the fact that we're not in the slime anymore. We've, we've, we've been set, on, set in, in a different place. We've been relocated. Um, that's the nature of how, how evil works, how the enemy works and how, how sin works in our lives. We can't even stick a toe into a slimy pit and it not come out slimy. That's how, how, how drastic it is. I remember as a kid, <clears throat> we had <clears throat> our house was on a double lot, so we had a, a bigger yard than most kids in, in the neighborhood. And so most of my friends and cousins would come to our, our house to play ball, play football. And we were out one day, <clears throat> five or six of us in the mud, in, in the rain actually, it was muddy, playing pick up and smear. And if you're not familiar with pick up and smear, the, you throw a football, you, you get guys standing in a circle, you throw a football up in the air, and whoever's got the guts to grab it and try and get, get it to a goal line before they're smeared, there's five guys standing around waiting they, just to annihilate them since they picked the ball up. So that's what we were playing. You can imagine it was, it was tackle. We were in the mud and loving every minute of sliding around in the mud, playing in the mud. Well, that, that's over. <clears throat> My mom sees all this occur <clears throat> going down. So, so she tells me as she sends the rest of the kids home and, and calls me into the house at supper time. Go down to wash wash off of that garden hose down there. Don't come, don't bring that mud in this house. So we had we had a back spigot on our house and a front spigot on our house. And the back spigot was next to it was in grass. And of course by that time it was mud because we'd played on top of it. So I'm washing off with the hose, you know, and getting down to my feet, <clears throat> and I'm trying to wash my feet off, and the mud's just flashing back up on my feet from the hose. She sees this occur. Son, that's not going to get it. Get, get up to the front yard. Now, our, our front spigot was next to the sidewalk. She said, get up on that sidewalk and wash those feet off. I don't want those feet in this house. So, and that's the saying, you need to have a solid surface. You can't wash your feet off in a muddy place. You can't clean yourself up from a place that is, is still the mud and the mire. We've got to be removed from that place and relocated in order to get clean. Uh, have to have a solid surface to stand on. If you remember about three weeks ago, uh, I shared with you, the two keys to gaining victory over sin in our, in our life was time and environment, managing our time and managing the environments we go into. Uh, victory over sin has to do with that, and that's what this verse is saying, that we need to get our feet, which carries the rest of us, our hands, our heart, our mind, if we looked at it in, in Proverbs 6, need to get our feet in a new place, on a solid place, on a solid foundation, uh, in, 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 in a new environment. When, when, when we're in a different proximity, a different location, a different environment, to what is often a temptation for me. It's far easier to get beyond that temptation if that environment never shows itself in my, in my life and in my world. It's much easier to gain victory over it. So whatever it is, whatever, whatever has you in its grip today, it's, it's easier if we are not in proximity to that. So location, environment has everything to do with that. Also, notice deliverance from the pit here is not of my own effort. It's all God. I, he don't need my help to climb out. He don't need my help to, to, to work my, to dig my way out, to work my, he reaches down, grabs us. And pulls us out of the pit. All, all on, his, on his own. And I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful for that today. Secondly, Dirty feet not only need a relocation, dirty feet need sound footing. Look at the last part of verse 2 with me. He says, lifted me out of the slimy pit, and watch, he set my feet on a rock, 
He set my feet on the rock. You ever gone to the mountains and tried to stand up in the middle of the mountain stream on a rock beneath the surface of the water that's full of algae and slime? It's impossible. I've tried it, believe me. Um, what inevitably comes from those situations is a fall because we can't stand on the slimy rock in a slimy place. We're going to fall. Here's what happens when we fall. The enemy will do his best to keep us in that fallen state, if he can, for the rest of our lives. You know why? He's, because he says, this is who you are. You're fallen. You're flawed. You're dirty. You're slimy. Just stay there. Stay down. It hurts too bad to try and get back up and clean back up. Just stay down. Stay in, stay in that place. And if he can keep us there, and, and many, many he does, keeps us there for decades. If he can keep us in that fallen place, He's got us exactly where he wants us because our, our witness and our lives, our influence is gone. He'll try and keep us there. That's why looking for, for solid footing in a slimy pit is an exercise in futility every time. We only find footing outside the pit, outside what we were talking about just a moment ago in relocation. Uh, listen to these verses in Psalm 18. Where, where is that? This is the answer to where is that solid place? Where is that, that solid footing? Uh, Psalm 18, 2 and 3 says this. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of my praise, and I am saved from my enemies. If he indeed is the deliverer, then he doesn't need me. He doesn't need my ideas. He doesn't need my help. He doesn't need anything I've got to offer. He can do that totally all on his own. All he needs is my own admission, my own agreement with him that I'm helpless. I'm in the pit, and I can't get out, and I need your help. I'm helpless. I, I agree with you that I have no sufficiency whatsoever to move me from here to where you want me to be. That's all on you. It's amazing how quickly and how thoroughly he cleans us up when we're willing to admit that place. When we're willing to make ourselves vulnerable and come to a place of God, I can't. I've got no wherewithal to... I've tried to scratch my way out of this and pull my way out of this, dig my way out of this, and I can't again and again and again. It's amazing when we come to that place of admission how quickly and how, how, how deeply he can clean us up and move us from where we were, from a slimy place to, to, to standing on, on, with our feet on the rock uh, again and again. Also, we can't walk around with a foot in the kingdom and a foot in the slime at the same time. It's just impossible to do. Many of us try. I, believe me, I've tried. That's an exercise in, in futility as well. So let me ask this question. How quick are your feet to rush into evil? Can I give you a tip? Mileage matters. Because mileage brings about maturity, and maturity helps a person see there's the pit. <laughs> I see it before, I'm, I, I, see it before I, I walk into it, before I engage it, and I know what it brings because I've been there before, and I'm going a different direction. Mileage and maturity helps a person see, I know the results of the pit. I know what happens there. I know the enemy wants to keep me in the pit again and again and take me back to it to have my mind revisited over and over and over and over again. So I'm heading in a different direction. Mileage and maturity will give that to you. It should give that to you. An immature believer finds themselves in a pit and wonders, how do I get here and how do I get out? A mature believer can find themselves in the pit by accident and say, I know the way out because <laughs> he has delivered before. And he can and will deliver again and again and again. Dirty feet need relocation and need sound footing. Now, let's look at fake news. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, verses 21 to 25. Look at those verses with me, if you will. Surely, 
you heard about Christ. You were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its evil desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must, watch this, must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Fake news has to have a reference point. It has to have a reference point. Look with me again, if you will, at verse 21. Surely you heard about Christ. You were taught with him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You remember Pilate's question as Jesus was standing before him before creation? And Jesus, one of his responses to him was, I've came to testify to the truth. And Pilate's question to follow up was, what is truth? Not realizing it was standing right in front of him. That the full embodiment of the truth of who God is, who, who he was and, and is, was standing in front of him. And he, was, he, he saw it and didn't recognize it. It's, it's, it was totally, totally blindsided him. Uh, if, if we're to move from, from fake news, from false, from false teaching, from false doctrine, from, from bearing false witness, if we're to move from there to speaking and living in truth, we're going to have to have a reference point. And that reference point is the person of Jesus Christ. It's the person of Jesus. Listen to these words in John 1, 14. The word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the physical embodiment of the word of God and is the truth of God, the physical embodiment of the truth of God. So the word and the truth are Jesus, and Jesus is the word and the truth. It was, as I said, standing in front of Pilate that day, and Pilate didn't see it, didn't recognize it, didn't know who he was or what he was about. He is the word and he is the truth. He came to testify to the truth and, and, and this book is, a, is a, a message of him saying, that's exactly, who, this is exactly who I am. I don't contain truth. I don't reveal truth. I am truth. I am the truth you're looking for. So if that's true, then this culture is left with nothing and, 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 and is in our, in our day grasping for air. That's, that's exactly why falsehood has become the order of the day instead of seeking truth because it's hard. If life isn't going my way the way I want, I'm going to define the new truth. I'm going to, I'm going to head in a different direction and, and redefine what is right and wrong, redefine what is good and evil, and that is what's happening in our culture today is this redefinition of good, this redefinition of evil, and saying if I can't measure up, then I'll just redefine what good and evil are rather than adjust my life and my, my thinking, my mindset, my lifestyle to what true, absolute truth really is, I'll, I'll, I'll try and find a different, a different avenue, a different, a different way to go. That's a dangerous uh, proposition because this book teaches us that we will stand before the one that Revelation describes as, who, who describes himself as faithful and true. You and I are going to stand before him one of these days, and truth is going to be looking us eye to eye. And we'll know everything that we've ever done, know every falsehood we've ever spoken, know every, every wrong thing we've ever done, every evil that's entered our heart and our mind as we stand and look eye to eye with the embodiment of truth himself. That day's coming. Uh, so we need, to, we need to realize that, that uh, he is indeed our reference point. Secondly, fake news needs to submit to truth. Look at verse 25 with me. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. This, this phrase, to, to put off, literally means to disrobe of 
to lay down and to walk away from. To take it off, to lay it down, to turn a 180 and walk away from the very thing we've laid down and, and taken off. Now, verses 22 and 23 uh, speak to this a little bit. Look at verse 23 with me, if you will. How does this occur? Well, it says, to be made new, and I love this phrase, in the attitude of your minds. To be made new in the attitude of your minds, to have a, an attitude change, a change in thinking. A thinking that aligns itself with the truth of God's Word and the truth of who Jesus is. So why is this so important? Well, look at the last phrase of verse 25. We are all members of one body. In essence, we're in this together whether we like it or not. And our witness is both individual and collective, whether we like it or not. We were speaking truth to people in our culture by how the body functions. And so <clears throat> across the kingdom, we may not agree on everything this morning. <clears throat> the kingdom's big and there's... there's Theology that's sound and theology that isn't. And we may not agree kingdom-wide on everything, but if we can't agree on Jesus, we're in trouble. We have to agree on Jesus and, and because there, there is, a, if you can't agree on Jesus, you're not a part of the body, for one thing. So if we can agree on Jesus, I, 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 can, I can let your isms and schisms go and you can let mine go. But if we can't agree on Jesus, we're in trouble. And so that's why he says here, we, we must submit to truth. He is, he, is, he is the source of truth and he is the one who exposes and helps us do away with and put away falsehood. Now, here's why this is so important in the body of Christ. Because if the enemy can divide us, he's been doing a pretty good job of that. If the enemy can divide us, he's captured our witness, he's captured our voice, he's captured our, our effectiveness in our culture, and he, he's, as I say, he's, on, he's kind of on the, on the rampage right now, I think, doing a pretty good job at that. But it's important we live... And walk out our faith with consistency. But sooner or later, that walk out, that consistency is going to have to have a story behind it. Sooner or later, just living it out is not enough. Sooner or later, the gospel needs to be verbalized. Sooner or later, the story needs to be told of what God's done in me and consequently what he can do in you. Those stories have to be told. They have to be, have to be, have to be verbalized to folks that... <clears throat> God has brought within our sphere of influence and brought across our path. They see our walk, but what is that? What's behind it? What drives it? What motivates it? Truth does. Truth in the embodiment of Jesus himself is the very one that, we're, that our story should be about. So as we wrap, here's the question. What about us today? What about us? Dirty feet and fake news? Does that look like your life, my life? Or are we standing on the rock? And lovingly, but boldly, lovingly and boldly speaking truth to the lies of the enemy. He is lying to our culture. And he's doing a great job at it. This book calls him the, the master liar, the father of every lie. And he's doing a great job of speaking lies to the, our, a culture that needs to hear truth and see it out of you and see it out of me. Now, the difference between those two places is between dirty feet and, and fake news and between one who stands on the rock and lovingly and boldly shares who he is and, and, and exposes the lies of the enemy. The difference between those two places is this. Are we hating the things God hates in us? Or is that just part of life? Is that the new normal? Is that the, the part of us we've just had to learn to grow to accept? Well, that's crap. And it's going to speak truth to you. If the enemy's saying, that's just the new normal. That's just how folks are. Adjust. Change. 
cause your mind to, 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 to change to where you're, you're okay with how the worldview is, uh, how, how this worldview is me and how this worldview is views believers or unbelievers. That, that, all this text today speaks to the fact that you and I are called to live and speak truth lovingly and boldly into our culture and not bear falsehood and not stay in the pit and think the pit's the normal place to be because it isn't. He wants to lift us from that place today and wants to lift us into truth, into, our, into what we say mattering in the, into the lives of people around us. That's what he's called us to. That's what we look like today. Dirty feet and fake news or am I on the rock and am I boldly telling the story of what he's done in me and what he can do in you as well again and again? Let's pray. Father, today we are here reminded of the fact that this world is not our home. It's not the place where we should feel comfortable and normal. In fact, the, more, the closer we walk with you, the more we should stick out in this place. The more we should not fit so well here. The more our life should not be focused on what's here and what's now. Because once our citizenship changed, once our heart changed, our citizenship changed. Once we receive you as Savior and Lord, our destiny and destination changed. If there's one in this room today that never prayed to receive Jesus, would you speak to and touch their heart and cause them to not leave this place without coming to know you today? Speak to their heart even now as we pray. With hearts that have been changed and, and refined and, and, and re redefined and rebirthed, need to live rebirthed. We need to live like we're from, from another place because we are from another place. You've, you've designed and wired us for heaven, and this earth will never, ever, ever do and ever look like that. So would you cause us to realize the pit we're in today, realize you're the only one to, to deliver from that pit, and put ourselves totally and completely in your hands, saying, God, I can't, but I know you can. Lift me up out of this place today. Clean me up from this place today. And use my voice to be a voice that tells truth and shares truth in a culture that is dark, getting darker, and redefining truth every, at every situation. All truth is relative. All truth is situational. And it isn't, not according to this book. Can I live that? And share that and tell that story over and over to those in my world tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's what you've called me to, to hate the things you hate and love the people you love. Help me to live that today in Jesus' name.